3: All righty, all righty. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program for this Thursday, the 8th day of September. Already the 8th day of September 2022, the, the uh, date 982022. We welcome you to the show after taking a couple of days off after the big Labor Day Monday weekend. And, of course, uh, Labor Day Monday closing day at Saratoga. We'll get into that in just a moment. We welcome you back to the Race Day show. And now we begin the closing week of Del Mar because Del Mar will end, of course, this weekend. So we welcome you to the show. Coming to you live and direct from the gaming capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, right here at our studio station, our home base, Sports Talk, 1400 AM, where we look out the window, and we see that the sun is just peeking over the w- over the building here. But we do have scattered showers around here. and uh, But it looks like it's going to be clearing off today because right now, at about uh, 11 minutes after 7, it's 88 degrees. And we're going to get up. To 106 today, which means they have uh, posted an excessive heat warning for us. You know what that means. Stay hydrated. Keep that water going. And, of course, uh, the kids and the pets, keep them inside. Don't let them get uh, keeling over outside. And, of course, anybody who has uh, problems with the heat, like uh, the elderly, just make sure you check on them as well. But the good news is this will be the last day of uh, over 100 degrees in the foreseeable future. After all, it is the uh, 8th day of September already. So today we pop up at 106 degrees. If you're planning ahead for the weekend here in Las Vegas, tomorrow we're going to cap off at 97. Saturday we're going to cap off at 84 because the temperature coming down means they're going to have a little bit of a chance of more uh, rain, like about 42% on Saturday throughout the day. Sunday, rain passes through, only 2% chance of precipitation, get up to 95. And, of course, on Monday, the uh, s- the rain clouds will start coming in again. But it uh, looks like a pretty good weekend here in Las Vegas, that's for sure. And, of course, we'll always be inside in the race books, watching and betting the races uh, Del Mar. Saratoga wrapped up on Monday. And, of course, uh, Kentucky Downs that had, uh, talk about rain, had that uh, torrential rains that, uh, of course, meant that... Uh, they had to cancel uh, some of the racing and uh, bring it over. There is racing today at Kentucky Downs, <clears throat> and the uh, Sunday card to Kentucky Downs moved over to uh, Labor Day Monday. The same card just moved over to Labor Day Monday with all the rain that came in late Saturday night. And so they did uh, feature and run the uh, Dueling Grounds Oaks and the Dueling Grounds Derby. The Oaks was won by uh, Vergara. Joel Rosario was there on uh, Monday, uh, closing day, at... Uh, at uh, Saratoga, but he was at Kentucky Downs. He rode Vergara to win the uh, da- Dueling Grounds Oaks, a half-a-million-dollar race, by the way, paying ten, $10.96. Remember, they go right down to the penny there, $10.96 for the Grand Motion trainee. And in the uh, Dueling Grounds Derby, another half 1000000 dollars race, the winner there was Kittadan. Kittadan, with Mr. Corrales aboard, was a long-shot winner, paying $43.48, outrunning Grand Sonata, and Mount Rungle. And, of course, uh, we got uh, closing day at uh, Saratoga. Closing day at Saratoga. Saw, uh, Flavian Pratt went four races on the 12th race card at Saratoga. He won the 12th and final race at the Saratoga meeting. What a great meet they had there, too. couple of stakes races on closing day, Labor Day. The Medard Barak won by Emirati. Uh, Pratt aboard, paying 1460, outrunning City Man and Winter's Back. And in the other stakes race of the day, the big one, the hopeful for the two-year-olds, the grade one, $300,000 hopeful at seven furlongs for two-year-olds, run on a very sloppy racetrack, I might add. It was sloppy all day there at Saratoga on closing day. The winner there was Forte. Forte with Ired Ortiz Jr. Ortiz's second win of the day, paid 15 80 outrunning the favorite Gulfport and blazing sevens who finished third. All in all, a big meet at Saratoga, that's for sure. We'll get into the closing day <coughs> titles in just a moment. But uh, we look at uh, Del Mar on uh, Labor Day Monday. And at Del Mar on Labor Day Monday, the two stakes races, the Tranquility Lake won by Teddy's Ber- uh, Bernardo, or barino I should say, Teddy's Barino. Mike Smith aboard, paying $6 even, outrunning Samurai Charm and Velvet Slippers. And in the uh, generous portion for two-year-old fillies at Six Furlongs, that winner was ter- 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 Mosa Chismosa, Chismosa, with Mr. Pereira support, paying $6 even as well, outrunning uncontrollable and fun money. And so we'll move into the final week at Del Mar, and, of course, New York will roll on down. The usual Belmont Park fall meeting this year will be run at Aqueduct Racetrack, and then Aqueduct will go into the regular meet. So they're going to have a long meet at Aqueduct because uh, they're doing some construction for that new arena they have on the property at uh, at Belmont Park that will, um, that will prevent uh, Belmont from running their meet, their meet coming up next at Belmont. But it'll be at Aqueduct, and we'll be covering that as well. And, of course, uh, after Del Mar's over, we'll have the uh, thoroughbred meet at Los Alamitos. So some uh, changing going on. And, ladies and gentlemen, we are here in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Las Vegas, Nevada, your gaming capital of the world, finally... It's back, the NFL football week one, and it's going to kick off tonight at 520 our time here in Las Vegas featuring the Buffalo Bills at the Los Angeles Rams, and we are on our way to really a lot of fall action here in Las Vegas. Okay, we welcome everybody listening here at Sports Talk 1400 AM, as well as everybody out there on our many different websites and our uh, digital platforms that we have Our website's global. Your iPhones and your Androids with your KSHP uh, phone apps that you can get at your phone app store so you can hear us now. And, of course, anywhere you get the podcasting as well. On today's show, we have Jonathan Hardoon standing by. I'm sure he's got a lot to say. And uh, Rich Eng will be along. Richie doing a Kentucky Downs handicapping sheet today, as well as John Lendo. John will be doing a handicapping sheet as well, and we may even have a a thought or two from Jerry Jackowitz on the show. So we're just getting started on this Thursday. Almost Friday, but it's a Thursday. We'll be back with more of the Race Day Show right after our first break. Do not go away.
4: 2020, Canterbury Park introduced a 10% takeout traditional 50-cent pick five. That's the lowest takeout on the planet this season. In addition to that low takeout pick five, Canterbury offers a 10% takeout pick four, beginning with the first race each day. Again, the lowest takeout in horse racing. Canterbury Park, we race Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 5 p.m. Central and Sunday at 1. Canterburypark.com, home of the 10% takeout Horse players, it's Paul Allen, track announcer at Canterbury Park. You've heard about our 10% takeout pick five and early pick four, the best value in racing, but Canterbury also hosts the largest Breeders' Cup betting challenge qualifier of the year. It's the Big Ten BCBC Tournament, September 15th. Qualify now through weekly contests at expressbet.com and get ready to win one of 11 BCBC entries valued at $10,000. Canterburypark.com, come play.
0: from DRF.com is the exclusive past performance content provider for the Race Day Las Vegas show.
3: All right, back on Race Day and uh, looking ahead to this weekend, uh, of course, you know we feature Canterbury Park on Wednesdays and Thursdays here. Of course, we weren't on yesterday, but uh, on Thursdays, uh, of course, today, we feature uh, Canterbury Park. And uh, Dave Valento, Track Phantom, has uh, selections for Canterbury Park today, as he does each and every Canterbury Park day, at his website. We'll see if we can get some of those uh, picks from him before the end of the show. But coming up on Saturday, coming up on Saturday, it's a big day of racing at Canterbury Downs. A whole bunch of $100,000 stakes races. You got the Bel-Nauti, uh, Minnesota Distaff Sprint. You got the Blair's Cove Minnesota Turf Classic. The uh Cock Rock Minnesota Sprint, the Northern Lights Debutant, the Northern Lights Futurity, the Princess Elaine Minnesota Distaff Turf Championship, all $100,000 races on Saturday at Canterbury Downs. It'll be a big day of racing at Canterbury Downs. And, of course, um, Kentucky Downs will wrap it up with uh, several uh, million-dollar races. Uh, the uh, Kentucky Downs on Saturday will feature the FanDuel Turf Sprint, <coughs> which is a grade two Breeders' Cup winning your end for a million bucks at six furlongs, three-year-olds and up. Then you got the Franklin Simpson uh, Stakes at Grade Two on the turf at Kentucky Downs for three-year-olds at 600 grand at six and a half furlongs. The Kentucky Downs Ladies Turf for Grade Three, uh, obviously on the turf. It's all turf racing there at Kentucky Downs for $750,000 at a mile for three-year-olds and up, Phillies and Mares. And the uh, Mint Ladies Sprint a Grade Three on the turf. Uh, that six hundred grand, a half furlongs uh, for three-year-olds and up fillies and mares, and the Kentucky Downs Turf Cup. This is a Breeders' Cup winning your in, a grade two for a million bucks, three-year-olds and up at 12 furlongs. So that's a big day of racing at Kentucky Downs, and of course, uh, we're wrapping it up at Del Mar. Saturday features the Del Mar Juvenile Fillies Turf, the John C. McBee, uh, and of course, the uh, TVG Del Mar Debutant Stakes. That's on Saturday. And, of course, on Sunday at Del Mar, you'll feature the Del Mar Juvenile Turf and the Del Mar Futurity, which I am sure that Bob Baffert will have a whole bunch of stacked two-year-olds for that one. All right, here's the menu of racetracks available today in the Racebook Simulcast Centers and Racetracks around the country, reminding you, as we always do, <clears throat> the first post-times we broadcast on the show each and every day reflect that of the Pacific time zone. So if you're listening here in Las Vegas, at Sports Talk 1400 AM. These will be the first post times that roll out in our race books. Beautiful day right now outside. I guess the clouds left. Okay. And uh, if you are listening anywhere else on the different uh, platforms that we have delivering to you, like our websites, phone apps, device apps, I should say, and, of course, anywhere on the podcasting there, If you're not in the Pacific time zone, adjust to it. We don't want you to miss anything like I miss mom and dad, okay? Here then is the menu of racetracks available today. We begin with Delaware Park. Delaware Park has a first post time for their eight races at 9.30, 930 first post at Delaware Park. Then we get to Kentucky Downs, a big day of racing at Kentucky Downs. Oh yeah, and full fields too. Yeah. Uh, First post time is 10.25 at Kentucky Downs. Their feature race today is the uh, Juvenile Sprint at 6.5 furlongs on the turf. Juvenile Sprint is the big race today at Kentucky Downs. And again, the first post time is at 10.25. 10.25 first post at uh, Kentucky Downs. By the way, the favorite in the Juvenile Sprint is Sharp as a Tack. Ired Ortiz Jr., now they are Kentucky Downs looking for that big money there. Seven to five on the morning line for that one. And uh, eight juveniles go in that race. And again, ten races, Kentucky Downs first post time, 10.25. <clears throat> then we go to Presque Isle Downs. Presque Isle Downs has eight races. Their first post time is 10.30, 10.30 at Presque Isle Downs. Following that comes Horseshoe Indianapolis. Horseshoe Indianapolis has a pick six jackpot carryover of $37,525. bucks. they have got nine races. The last race is a quarter horse race. The first eight are third race. First post time is eleven ten. Eleven ten at Horseshoe Indiana, Indianapolis. All right, next comes Penn National, as we call it, Penn Nat. Penn National has uh, eight races. Their first post time is three o'clock this afternoon. Three o'clock at Penn National for their uh, racing card. Canterbury Park, featured on this show on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Canterbury Park has the first post time for eight races at 310. 310 today at Canterbury Park. Don't forget Dave Valentos, track phantom's full selections for Canterbury Park right there at his website. And a big weekend coming up, big Saturday at Canterbury Park. First post time, 310. Charlestown is next. Charlestown has a pick six jackpot carryover of $11,776. Eight races, first post time, 4 p.m. Remington Park is next. Remington Park has nine races, and their first post time is 5.05. 5.05 at Remington Park today. And that's the menu for today. And now we're going to go to Mr. Jonathan Hardoon, who I'm sure is on his soapbox ready to say something to us. Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. How are you? I'm doing fine, my man. Now, listen. We had uh, a great Saratoga meet that just wound up. Uh, Of course, closing day, the weather got to them. I mean, it was really bad on closing day. But nevertheless, a a great day, a great meet, Saratoga. They closed with a record handle of eight hundred and seventy eight million two hundred and eleven thousand nine hundred and sixty three dollars for the all-source handle for the 40-day meeting. And that is a record there. And, of course, uh, as far as the jockeys are concerned, Irad Ortiz Jr., with a couple of wins he had on, on the closing day, had a total of 55 wins. Flavian Pratt hustled up and finished second, beating, uh, actually tying Luis Sayez with 40 wins. Pratt had had four wins on closing day to tie Luis Sayez for second with 40 wins. 15 they, are be- they were behind Irad Ortiz Jr. And uh, Pratt had a 20% win percentage. But the Jock who had the biggest winner percentage of 21% was Joel Rosario. He had 39 wins. He was in in fourth place. But, man, he's the guy that grabbed all the cash because he had over 12 graded stakes wins at Saratoga. Big, big for uh, Joel Rosario in the meet. And, of course, as far as the trainers were concerned, well, Chad Brown, top of the list, had 42 wins, Todd Pletcher second with 38, and Christopher Clement, who had a big meet there, 18 wins, Mike Maker had 17, and Bill Mott, who had a really good meet there, had 16 wins out of 115 starts there. Big, big meet at Saratoga. What was your, uh, what were the top memories that you'll take away from Saratoga this year?
0: Oh, there were so many, Ralph. I mean, uh, you know, they had some terrific stake races. They had, I mean, the Travers was a great race. They unleashed a couple of really hot two-year-olds, so... You know, every year people go back and look for the highlight and uh, the highlight of the whole summer, obviously, was the Pacific classic and flight lines performance there. I mean, nothing comes close to that. If you're a racing fan, or even if you're a gambler, I mean, you like, you know, you just like seeing things like that. It's good for the game. And uh, they had a solid meet at Saratoga, no question about it. They keep extending it, adding a few more uh, days every year. They were up to 40 days this year. And, uh, That's why all those records really don't mean much because, you know, when they're going to add more days, they're obviously going to have more handle and uh, everything else that goes with it. But Bill Mott had a terrific meet on, you know, he had a lot less starters than Chad Brown or Todd Pletcher had. And the same thing goes for Rosario. He missed a week with COVID and uh, he still had a terrific meet. Flavian Pratt came flying towards the end of the meet to, to tie for second, like you said. So he's getting acclimated to the East coast and, uh, Fans are starting to catch on. And, uh, listen, he rides for Chad Brown. So, obviously, when you ride for the top barn, you're going to get all live mounts for the most part. But he deserves it because he's a great rider. And, uh, again, take nothing away from the Ortiz brothers. As usual, they're uh, always going to stick their two cents in.
3: Uh, (laughs) Both cents for both of them, that's for sure.
0: Yes. Two Uh, cents for two brothers.
3: Yeah. There have been uh, some really... uh... Performances, though, at the Saratoga meeting, I think that we can take away as, as being special special races, that's for sure. Now uh, everybody has packed their bags at Saratoga. The vans have come in. They're all moving back down to the city. But they're not going to be going to Elmont. They're be, going to be going right in the, right in the city there with uh, Aqueduct because, uh, of course, Belmont has, has stuff going on there, uh, preventing them from having their fall meet. So Aqueduct is going to start – they're going to host the 28-day Belmont fall meeting beginning on September 15th, and then they'll roll right into their, their meet as well, right?
0: They're calling it Belmont at the Big A? That's what they're calling this meet. Uh, obviously, every year when they come back from Saratoga, they always spend a, a month or so at Belmont before shipping uh, just about 15 miles away to uh, Aqueduct, and uh, they have a long meet there. It's kind of like uh, Santa Anita, you know? They they check in and they don't leave till so, uh, yeah close to Belmont Stakes next year. So they're there for a long time. It's a long winter. I mean, there's no comparison between the tracks. Uh, Belmont is a beautiful, big uh, place, and uh, Aqueduct more like a factory. (laughs) You know, they have the casino there now with all the slot machines and everything, and uh, they concentrate a lot more on that, unfortunately, than than the horse racing, which is really unfortunate. But uh, that's the times we live in.
3: Now, uh, as far as... uh it's You know, you compare uh, Aqueduct taking on the Belmont Park meet, but that's only for this year. It'll go back to the regular stuff next year. But it's, you, like, you said, yeah. San, like you said, with San Nita, they get there and they, they're there for a long time. But San Nita uh, absorbed uh, the Hollywood Park, most of the Hollywood Park uh, dates and Hollywood Park ain't coming back. So they got a long stretch at San Nita. But at least <laughs> in New York, uh, this will be a one-time type of deal only.
0: Yeah, it looks like that. I mean, there's always been rumors for the last couple of years that they're going to close uh, Aqueduct and just run at uh, Belmont uh, with the exception of the Saratoga meet because, again, Aqueduct, I'm telling you, Ralph, it's turning into a casino. You know, they're talking about building a hotel on on the grounds there. But, again, those have been rumors that have been floating around for a while, and uh, hopefully they keep Aqueduct because it's good to go and to – you know, to, to travel around. You don't want to be in one place for too long. It gets stale. It gets boring. You know, and it becomes redundant. Where at least when, when they change tracks, it's, it's you know, it's exciting for a little bit. And uh, it's good for the game, I think.
3: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, uh, the tracks themselves, I mean, the physical racetracks themselves and certainly the turf courses can take just so much of the action day in and day out, week in, week out, uh, month in and month out, would take taking a little toll to the actual surface itself.
0: Yeah, but we have an advantage, at least. On the East Coast, they have two turf courses at all these tracks. Belmont has two turf courses, Aqueduct has two turf courses, Saratoga has two turf courses, where a Santa Anita, for example, they have one turf course, so imagine how much pounding that turf course takes.
3: Well all I can say is that uh, Churchill Downs wishes they had two turf courses. <laughs> Churchill wishes they had half a turf course. <laughs> yeah. at this point. <laughs> a, a <laughs> turf course period. Right. <laughs> uh, but in any case it was a it was a great Saratoga meeting and you know with the technology the way it is with all the uh, the uh, the betting platforms that we have now with people who uh, go to the races at Saratoga, certainly on the big days, et cetera, and go there because it's a kind of a vacation atmosphere. Uh, but yet you can keep track and bet on the races every day through phone betting, you know, cable networks, on and on and on. So it's, I think it's uh, we're getting a healthy turn coming in horse racing because when the cable TV first started and when off-track betting through phones or, uh, you know, uh, other, uh, you know, platforms, uh, and people started go stopped go- going to the races the folks who ran the racetracks thought man we're going we this is just going to be a, a t- you know like a studio a tv signal uh, for that but it didn't it didn't happen that way it started turning around we're now the younger generation that's used to all the new technology and are using that new technology as well as people old guys like me who are just getting used to the color tv we get an opportunity to follow the races and follow horses in those races beyond the times that we have, uh, you know, a chance to go to the races, et cetera. And I think it's a health, we've got to start a healthy turn where our, our industry is really starting to embrace a technology, broaden the scope of technology, and I think we've got a, a very good future.
0: Well, do you realize how many horse players were born during COVID, during the lockdowns, when people were stuck in their house and they had nothing to do and no entertainment, they got attracted to like TVG. They would watch every day, and it would give them something to do. And I guarantee you, nobody realizes how many how many racing fans really were born out of the lockdowns at COVID. And then after COVID ended, for the most part, people started going to the track. But they were all born during that lockdown time when people had nothing to do. Ralph, nothing. They had nothing to do. Mm-hmm. It was the only. You know, source of entertainment in a way, I guess. I mean, I'm sure there are horror stories about people that were betting their rent and things like that being locked in the house and finding out, oh, you could gamble. This is easy. Uh, You know, not always so easy and sometimes a lot easier said than done. But uh, you'd be surprised how many new racing fans were born during COVID lockdown.
3: Oh, not even a question about that. And the good thing. The good thing about uh, what's happening as far as technology is concerned is, like you said, Aqueduct is becoming a casino, you know, casino games, etc. But what's more important, I think, for the health of our industry is horse racing is starting to marry into sports betting. And sports betting is just going crazy now with the fact that you can bet it in most states now and it's not illegal. And with the mobile phone betting, for example, you know, uh, FanDuel. Just, just a rebranded TVG that they bought. FanDuel is rebranded uh, TVG as FanDuel uh, Television. They're in, inserting a lot of sports, uh, uh, you know, gambling and sports odds into the programming there. And along the way, the sports folks are going to start understanding it and, and uh, betting horse racing and vice versa. Although horse horse players have played uh, sports a lot, and I, I think the merge of that. And the merge of the technology and marrying sports betting to horse racing is really—that's uh, the future.
0: It could be. There's no question, Ralph. And you know, I got an, I, one complaint about TVG. I mean, I understand FanDuel took over, so that's probably going to be their future. But to take up a third of the screen. And on the bottom (laughs) and and showing me football lines and and (laughs) basketball lines. And I'm trying to watch a race. It it takes away from it a little bit. I guess you got to get used to it. You know, gamblers are creatures of habit and they hate any sort of change. And adding that to the screen, you know, the bottom third of the screen, you're getting the schedule. I'm not interested in who's in, you know, Indiana playing some other team. It doesn't mean anything to me. I'm there to watch the races, but they're incorporating it. And FanDuel bought TVG, I guess. Or whatever it is, there is no more TVG. It's now FanDuel TV. So well, FanDuel, you're going to take a little getting used to but we'll do
3: it. FanDuel did purchase uh, the TVG signal quite a few years ago. They just transferred it now and put their brand on it. As sports betting became legal around the country, it became now obvious that FanDuel was purchasing that for future endeavors like this. And, yeah, I heard some people, uh, I guess the first, week that FanDuel branded themselves and started with the lines there and that they were watching the races and couldn't see the little chicklets at the bottom. Is that the deal? Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, they took off, I think, September 1st, maybe. Yeah. It's only been a week, so I'm sure they're going to iron out the kinks. But, uh, you know, that's what it is. And, uh, again, that's the new way it is. It's sports gambling everywhere now. I wonder yeah. if it's going to affect Vegas. I don't think so. No. I think there's only one Vegas and uh, you know all these other things are minor league compared
3: to Vegas well not only that but Vegas although it's predominant is still with the gambling aspect of it it's more of shopping it's more of uh, events it's more of uh, shows and and all the other things that go with it that uh, it, it's 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 a destination place now rather than just a place to go and, and get out of the cab and go right to the blackjack table yes And, by the way, talking about FanDuel, they did another thing now. They have done a deal, believe it or not, they've done a deal with Churchill Downs. Now, Churchill Downs had an exclusive on the New York Racing Signal, where you had the Churchill Downs races on the New York Racing Signal, and they weren't on TVG for a while. Now, they announced uh, uh, this morning, as a matter of fact, a multi-year agreement with FanDuel involving multiple facets of FanDuel sports wagering, advanced deposit wagering, and television businesses, that uh, Churchill Downs is not going to be on uh, FanDuel TV.
0: Will be or won't be?
3: Will be. They, they oh, okay. They did well. a deal with Churchill Downs. Churchill Downs Race is now going to be on what we used to know as TVG, now FanDuel Television. So they're really uh, they're moving and shaking in the business, that's for sure. And I, I believe it's all good stuff. All right, uh, Jonathan. Yeah, any, and, any exposure, Ralph, any exposure we get is
0: good. So the more we get, the better it is.
3: All right. Update on CyberKnife. What's the deal?
0: Uh, Everything is good. He's going to uh, run. He's probably going to run once before the uh, Breeders' Cup. Uh, Maybe the Remington, there's a race in Remington, or possibly the Pennsylvania Derby. He's knocking the door down, so instead of just keeping them, you know, in training, they, they might as well run them. So they're talking about it, and they're, they're going to figure it out over the next week or so.
3: Well, now you had alluded to uh, the top performances of the summertime when we are talking about Saratoga going to uh, the Pacific Classic at uh, Del Mar with the unbelievable performance of Flightline. He is now uh, the four-to-five favorite in the uh, the Breeders' Cup, a uh, future book uh, so uh, he's no value there that's for sure uh epicenter is uh, the second choice at, at uh I, I do believe he's the s- second choice or maybe the third choice there in the pool but nevertheless flight line is way ahead the eastern trainers even the even the you know uh epicenter's uh, trainer is Mr. S is, is thinking about maybe other other uh, races on Breeders' Cup day, instead of going against Flightline, are they uh, with Cyber nice thinking of maybe going in the mile or something? The mile might turn out to be a huge race.
0: Yeah, the mile may turn out to be tough. I mean, you know, uh, listen, there are there are plenty of options open. If you run second to Flightline in the in the classic, uh, that's in 1.2 million you get for second. So the mile is only two million. For the whole purse, the other race is a $6 million race. It depends. You know, let's see who shows up. That's the beauty. You get to cross-enter, you see who's in what race, and then you decide where to go.
3: And we all know how how uh, fragile horses can be, and so we will wait and see until uh, they uh, do the draw and actually run the races, that's for sure. All right, you're back to work uh, tomorrow? I'm back
0: to work today. We have Kentucky Downs running today, and I put out a sheet, and uh,
3: we'll actually
0: you- for radio, we'll get getting-
3: Give me a horse. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah, give me okay, a horse. Okay, 10th and final
0: race today, Ralph. I love the number 11 horse in here, Quality Star. This is a three-year-old filly from the Paula Lobo going Joe Talamo aboard to ride. She's listed at 7 or 2 on the morning line, six career starts, each race better than the previous one. This is a mile and 5-16. This horse is bred to run all day long. Three races back, a mile and 3-8. She ran the best race of her career. Uh, again, uh, Joe Talamo for... Polo Lobo. I like number 11 quality star to win
3: today's 10th and final out at Kentucky Downs. Alright, you got it Jonathan. 10th and final race today at Kentucky Downs, number e 11 quality star. Telemo aboard the eleven and the 10th race. Gets us out of winner and uh, dinner money. There you go. Alright, thanks a lot my man. Stay we'll talk safe. to you tomorrow. Stay safe and be well. Thank you. All right. We'll be back with more. Don't go away. John Lindo and... Uh, Rich A, yet to come
4: players in 2020 canterbury park introduced a 10 percent takeout traditional 50 cent pick five that's the lowest takeout on the planet this season in addition to that low takeout pick five canterbury offers a 10 percent takeout pick four beginning with the first race each day again the lowest takeout in horse racing canterbury park we race wednesday thursday and saturday at 5 p.m central and sunday at one canterburypark.com home of the 10 percent takeout
3: Right, back on race day, Las Vegas for this Thursday, almost Friday. Town is hopping a little bit more than usual on the Thursday because not only is this the Thursday after Labor Day and now we're really getting to that fall feeling, we got the NFL that starts today. That's for sure. And I'm sure that uh, Rich Eng, uh, you probably have a thought about tonight's game.
6: Hey, good morning, Ralphie. Actually, uh, I have not bet tonight's game, but I did put a bet in, and I'll share it with your folks uh, on the uh, Ralphie world. But uh, I bet a two-team teaser for Sunday, six-point teaser. Uh I teased down the San Francisco 49ers over the Bears. They're a seven-point favorite, so I teased them to one. Uh And I bet a teaser with the Baltimore Ravens who are seven-point favorites over the Jets. So I have 49ers and Ravens at minus one on my teaser bet, two-team teaser.
3: All right, now, you know and I know that uh, sometimes people don't, you know, pay attention to the the, the trades and the, and the drafts and all that stuff for the NFL, and certainly they cut down to the 53-man roster. So some of the, uh, you know, people that they thought might be playing on a team aren't. But with the changing of uh, the quarterbacks and some of them big changes, people uh, better get uh, used to the fact that when they see a team and they think of the old quarterback, that one that guy might not be there anymore.
6: Yeah, well, the biggest change was probably uh, Russell Wilson yeah. heading over to the Denver Broncos, and Geno Smith is going to start for Seattle. So that I mean that changes the face of uh, both franchises, and then uh, the Indianapolis Colts went out and got Matt Ryan uh, Mm -hmm. hoping for a big upgrade over Carson Wentz, who they sent back into the Washington Commanders. So you're right, Ralph. There's a lot of uh, quarterbacks, a lot of players changed uniforms, and, uh, you know, you have to get all the numbers right when you're handicapping these teams.
3: Well, as far as tonight's game, though, the quarterbacks that were there last year are back there this year. Uh, The Rams quarterback, though, had some work done over the offseason, right?
6: Yes, well, something with his elbow. They, they've been uh, a lot of publicity about his elbow—is he's 100 percent or not? And, uh, the coach McVay says he's okay to go, and mm-hmm. um, you know the Buffalo Bills are certainly one of the, the absolute favorites to win the Super Bowl. I mean, they're really uh, bet down, and uh, Josh Allen has uh, elevated himself to among the elite quarterbacks. But you know, until he gets a Super Bowl ring, Josh Allen—he's uh, uh, he, going to be like Dan Marino. You, you, you can have a great career, but you really need that ring to kind of. You know, uh, solidify your position uh, towards a Hall of Fame career. But uh, Josh Allen and the Bills—they look absolutely loaded this year, Ralph.
3: Well, we got the uh, juvenile sprint today at Kentucky Downs, a half million dollar race on a Thursday afternoon for two year olds at six and a half furlongs, and uh, of course, it's uh, the feature race of a ten race card today at Kentucky Downs. Hopefully, the weather will stick around and and uh, help out because they—it was just atrocious over the last weekend. Uh, the Labor Day mm-hmm. weekend, but, uh, back in business today, at Kentucky Downs, and you got a handicapping sheet today for Kentucky Downs at the com website. So without any further ado, what are we doing?
6: Yeah, we am going to give out two picks. I'll give out one at Kentucky Downs and a bonus pick at uh, Canterbury since they're uh, one of the sponsors on the show, Ralph, I want to support them too. Uh-huh. So, um, uh, as far as the Canterbury pick, uh, let me go to race number three at Canterbury tonight, uh, in the third race, I like the number two horse, Honey Bella, 7-2 to 2 in the morning line. Uh, that makes her the third choice in the race. But uh, I, I like the uh, two, Honey Bella for uh, McLean uh, Robertson, is one of the top trainers there. So we'll go 25 win plays, two for the ROI. Again, Canterbury, race three, number two, Honey
3: Bella. All right, third race at Canterbury. First post time is three ten, so that'll go about uh, 4 o'clock, four, five minutes after four, something like that. In the third race, of course, Pacific Time. In the third race, number two, Honey Bella, Honey Bella. In the third, Rich Angs play a bonus play at Canterbury Park this evening. Now we get to Kentucky Downs.
6: Now let's go to the to the main play, a race number six at Canterbury Downs. this purse. Look at the purse: two hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> for an allowance race. Good yeah. lord, that's yeah. that's phenomenal money. Uh, I tell you what, the number two filly, uh, Scarpia, uh, debuted last time at Saratoga and ran against the males and almost got them, got the job done, just ran second. Uh, Tyler Gaffleone comes back to ride for uh, Wesley Ward. Back with Phillies today. I think she's in a really good spot. So we'll go 25 win plays, two for the ROI. Number two, Scarpia in race six at Kentucky Downs.
3: Sixth race at Kentucky Downs. Number two, Scarpia. Rich Ang's play for you. Sixth race of the two horse, and, of course, that's the $2 ROI there. Don't forget, he's got a full sheet today for Kentucky Downs right there at the race day, Las Vegas com websites all right thanks a lot rich and uh, we will crank it up uh, again tomorrow yeah closing weekend for
6: delmar yep so, sure uh,
3: is you're ready to go hey
6: thanks uh, good luck everybody
3: all right you got it my man well i do believe we see john Lendo in the sunset of this show we'll be right back
4: 2020, Canterbury Park introduced a 10% takeout traditional 50-cent pick five. That's the lowest takeout on the planet this season. In addition to that low takeout pick five, Canterbury offers a 10% takeout pick four, beginning with the first race each day. Again, the lowest takeout in horse racing. Canterbury Park, we race Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 5 p.m. Central and Sunday at 1. Canterburypark.com, home of the 10% takeout
1: The Southern California Thoroughbred Racing Circuit returns to Los Alamitos with opening day set for Friday, September 16th. Four stakes races highlight the meet led by the Los Alamitos Special on Saturday, September 24th. The meet will feature stakes every Saturday and Sunday afternoon. And racing fans, the meet will also feature an on-track live money handicapping contest on Saturday, September 24th. You could win a berth to the 2022 NHC. And racing fans, the best of night racing continues at Los Alamitos every Saturday and Sunday night. Outstanding racing action is in store this weekend with state's trials highlighting the racing car. Plus, our nighttime $2.00 Pick 6 continues to be a popular wager. If there's not a carryover going into our Sunday night program, Los Alamitos will add $10,000 to the Pick 6 pool. That's more money for the horse players to win. The best of racing. The best of nighttime quarter horse racing. Always at Los Alamitos. Remember, daytime thoroughbred racing returns on Friday, September 16th.
5: Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's Racebook has the answer.
0: The Race Day Las Vegas Show, the only exclusive daily local media racing information source in Las Vegas.
3: All right, back on Race Day Las Vegas. We're going to go out now to John Lendo standing by, who is preparing for the final week of the Del Mar season. John, good morning.
2: Good morning, Ralph. How are you doing?
3: Doing fine, my man. Uh, you have a Kentucky Downsheet sheet, though, today, and it's available at the uh, South Point free of charge, covering all of the uh, races today at Kentucky Downs. You know, I ask, I've ask, i been asking, and uh, I'll ask you again, because you do have a, a certain uh, guideline on your sheet today that I saw that uh, could help people out today for handicapping and betting the races at Kentucky Downs because of the idiosyncrasies of the uh, racetrack, and uh, you can tell them.
2: Well, they don't put it in the racing form where the rails are on the turf course there at Kentucky Downs, but they started the meet out three lanes, and then they have a second rail that they move to, and then there's a third rail back at the inside setting. And when they move the rails down, horses that race down on the inside on that fresh ground really have an advantage. That's what Joel Rosario took advantage of last year when he won 17 races in six days. So Uh kind of keep an eye. They were on that second setting on Monday. See if that other rail comes down. and If they're back down at the inside setting, Give an extra look to horses that you think will fall out, fall into trips down on the inside of that turf course. That's where you want to be.
3: Well, we know that uh, Rosario was there on Monday winning the feature race, but uh, he's not uh, anywhere near in the jockey standings because that was the first day he was there.
2: Right. Well, he won two races, but the leader right now, you know, just uh, uh, three days into the meet, Tyler gaffleone has five winners. Gerardo Corral is having a good meet. He's got four winners along with Julian Lepereau. And then as far as the trainers go, Mike Maker, who's the all-time leading trainer there at Kentucky Downs, he's got six wins. Then you've got uh, Wesley Ward and Safi Joseph Jr. each with three. So those are your leaders. And, you know, it's a very quick meet, so you've got to get hot right away.
3: And Mike Maker always points for the meet, so we expected him to be on top. And the favorites, John, tell them about the favorites. Favorites
2: are winning at 24%, and that's not unusual. These fields are so deep in contention, always full fields. There's always traffic. There's a lot of bad beat stories, and it's fun. Uh, you, you, the contention's deep. You can find logical contenders at good prices all throughout the card.
3: Well, while we wait for the final days at Del Mar, with Del Mar uh, picking up uh, tomorrow and, of course, ending on Sunday, I believe, right? Yes,
2: yeah, Sunday is closing day with mandatory payouts in all pools at Del Mar.
3: All right, let's get a pick at Kentucky Downs off of that Lindo report.
2: Let's go to race number eight today. In the eighth race at Kentucky Downs, number seven, Penner Ash. This is a horse that I thought looked really good breaking his maiden first time out at Indiana. Who's your Indianapolis wire to wire one by five lengths geared down, has speed in a race where there is not a whole lot of speed in here. And he looked like a horse that's got plenty of upside. He's owned by Stone Street, so you know that they have quality horses. I think he'll make the lead in here. And in 8-to-1 on the program, there's some value. So number 7, Penner-Ash, race number 8, Kentucky Downs.
3: All right, Kentucky Downs, 8th race today. The 7 is the uh, play from John Lindo. John Lindo's play, number 7 in the 8th race. Tip of the iceberg, however. Don't forget that John Lindo's Lindo Report covers all 10 races, a suggested late pick 4 in the last 4 races, and all the goody information that we just shared on the show – plus some, and that is all on one sheet, is only in one place, free of charge, exclusively at the South Point Race Book that really, really appreciates horse players. That's for sure. Thanks a lot, John.
2: Okay, and we'll talk about weather tomorrow. Chance to rain at Del Mar on Friday. Whoa! We'll see how that goes.
3: I guess uh, we have a chance of rain coming in. I guess it's coming from the uh, south-southern part of uh, California then.
2: Yes, yeah, coming up from Mexico, and uh, we're supposed to get something tomorrow and maybe even Saturday. So we'll see. Uh, we'll give you the updates tomorrow morning.
3: You got it, John. Thank you. Good luck. All right. Now we're going to close with uh, Jerry Jackowitz, who uh, we have not asked yet uh, his full thoughts about Flightline and his Pacific Classic win.
7: Yeah. Hey, good morning, Ralph. Good morning, everybody. Um, I thought the idea of talking about that would be good to talk about it in terms of maybe some other horses who've run, maybe Seattle Slew, Affirmed, Arrogate, Mm -hmm. um, Skip Away. And uh, what he ran on my sheets for a mile and a quarter, and I'm going to keep this basically to a mile and a quarter discussion, uh, was an 82 and a half. If you know on my sheets, you seldom get above an 80, and an 82 and a half is a very, very fast race. But it's certainly not the fastest race um, we've ever seen. Although, you know, when we looked at the visual <laughs> and you saw it with your own naked eyes, you go, gee, that's got to be like the fastest race any horse has ever run. But it was far from it. But the 82.5 is very credible for a horse who really didn't have a lot of competition, you know, particularly after the first uh, six furlongs of the race, everybody was kind of out of it and he was the only one running. But uh, just to give you an example for, uh, the, the highest number ever achieved on my sheets was an 85.8 uh, by Cigar back in 1996. And the second fastest race ever recorded on my sheets was by Skip Away in the 1997 Breeders' Cup at Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, we have Arrogate. We have Go Zapper, who ran 83.5 in the B.C., And Arrogate, who ran 83.3 in the B.C., and I also want to say an 82.5 when he won the Travers, which was spectacular. But I'm pretty sure Arrogate ran somewhere between an 84.5 and and an 85 when he won in Dubai. I just don't really make numbers for there. So I kind of just, uh, you know, kind of ballparked it, considering I had a a lot of horses in there who I could could kind of forecast against and kind of do a rough number on it. But... um, and the, in doing rough numbers, the highest numbers I ever came up with were Free Seattle Sloan and Affirmed, and they both were between 86 and 87. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about mile and a quarter distances. So what he ran was really, really fantastic. And, uh, you know, all the races I mentioned, um, Skip Away, which was always one of my favorites, Go Zapper. Uh, cigar, for sure, every one of these fantastic numbers they ran, getting up up to eighty three and a half to eighty five that range were all done with competition um, and um, so the the horses in 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 this race just didn't compare to white line they just they ran like terrible numbers. I think mm-hmm. seventy three I have it right here was uh, yeah country ran around seventy three and a half, which was six points below what he was able to run in his good winning races. And that tells you a second thing is that when they start to run with this horse, it hurts them and they just fall apart. And um, I haven't seen that really. I haven't really seen that since, um, since Seattle slew and uh, where horses tried to run with them and then they would just completely fall apart and be beaten by, Five, 10, 15 lengths, or just not even finish the race in some cases because it was just too hard for them to keep up with their stride. Uh, and I think that's a little bit of what we saw with Twilight. All right. So I'm forecasting bigger numbers.
3: All right. Well, we'll wait and see that forecast. Right now, we can forecast only one more thing for you to say, and that is
6: Have a great race day, everybody.